Hi, I'm Tara Jefferson. And hey, I'm Dashika Street. And this is the Make Life Rich Podcast, where we help you master self-care to enrich your life and business. We're two entrepreneurs who learned the hard way that self-care should be the first order of business. And we're here to help you thrive whether you are new to entrepreneurship or been at it for a while. We learned the hard way, so you don't have to. Let's jump right in. All right, so we are here for episode eight. Episode eight of the podcast, our final episode of season one. I feel like we just like got together in the studio. Um, even though this podcast was a long time <laughs> in the making, it took us forever to come up with a name. Forever. Like what? Like y'all don't even want to like know. Like two, two months or months. something. I was reading through our, um, we have our Google Doc where we had all of the names <laughs> that we had come up with. And it was probably like, I don't, I don't know. know, like 40 names, like just yeah, a lot of names that we were like, mm, we like it, but we don't really like we're it. We're headed in the right direction. We almost got it. We're on to something with this one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so it took us a long time, I feel like, to get all of the pieces and parts, you know, together for the podcast. But once we started recording, I'm like, how are we on episode eight already? Yeah. So, um, but I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving, you know, this podcast. I'm loving these conversations that we're having. And I love that we always start off with our win of the week. Yes. Um, I think I went first last time. So I'm gonna let you go first this week. Oh man. Well, this, this is a huge win for me. So, um, I am so excited. We have just, just finalized our third issue of Black and Brilliant Entrepreneur Magazine. Um, Officially going into, well, we entered our second year um, in October, I think, Mm -hmm. but officially going into our second calendar year. Wow. And so, yeah, I'm so very excited. Um, This episode or this um, issue Mm -hmm. is crazy packed with like everything to get your new year off, right? Um, It's entitled Level Up. It's got everything in it. So definitely, if you haven't already, Check us out online, officialbabemag.com. It'll be in the show notes. It's always in the show notes. So yes. every episode, every episode, <laughs> click that link. There. But yeah, so I'm very excited about that. A lot of work went into, into this issue. And yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the readers are going to be very happy. Well, you know, I was a, a magazine journalism major in college and we had to, I did it once, like a full yeah. magazine I put together once. And um, girl, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of it's, work. It's a lot of work doing a magazine and all of the pieces and different parts that you yes. have to keep track of. So I applaud you yeah. on this upcoming issue. I cannot wait to read it. Um, I hope all our listeners, you get a chance to read it too once it hits, um, once it comes out um, next year. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be great because I know I've heard nothing but good things about your magazine. So yeah. hopefully everybody listening, they'll be able to read it and say some some wonderful things to you, give you some feedback because um, you put a lot of work into that. Definitely. Yeah. So your win. Oh, so my win, um, I will say that one thing that we have started doing as a family is that I've just kind of been over like the material aspect of the holidays mm-hmm. because one, because my kids are just spoiled. Um, they're the first and only grandchildren. And so, and the only like oh, great grandchildren. Yeah. So they, they still have two great grandparents or three great grandparents left. And so I'm just kind of over like that material aspect mm-hmm. of Christmas and the holidays because they just, <sighs> the house is just, you know, always cluttered and all of that. And it's not that they're not appreciative. It's just like, oh yeah, we get toys all the time. We get things all the time. Yeah. And so this year what I'm doing is we're going on a trip. 
Um, and we did we did that last year. We went to Florida last year. This year we're staying a little closer to home, okay. and we're just getting you know a cabin for a few days, nice. and we're just gonna have like some real good quality time because I feel like you know we're so often like I'm on the computer my mm -hmm. husband he's in grad school getting his PhD so he's always you know on the computer writing a paper or studying for something my kids they each have tablets again because mm -hmm. grandparents buy them things <laughs> um, and so they're off in their own corner so this um, this month I'm really looking forward to some quality time where we just get to spend time together and, you know, drink some hot cocoa and, you know, do, you know, fun things together as a family. So that's my win of the week is that we are just about to leave for that vacation. I love it. Yeah. Completely unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a couple pictures for the gram because, okay. you know, just yeah. got to have content. But um, for the most part, like I won't be posting like while I'm there and all of that. It'll just be like, you know, snapping some pictures. You yeah. got to have memories. You do. Right? Gotta, so we'll stay have memories. for the pictures. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about the trip. Yeah, it's going to be really nice. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. So we did our wins of the week. Um, and I just wanted to take a beat because we have, you know, wins of the week that we share every episode. But I kind of wanted to pause so we can kind of pat ourselves on the back Season one was dope. Like yeah. I, I, I thoroughly um, enjoyed coming in here, and mm -hmm. and you know you're an amazing co-host, and I am just I'm really excited. I cannot believe that season one is almost over. I know, me either. I knew that this was going to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you um, brought this up, I was like, yes, definitely, <laughs> I'm in. I'm all over it. Um, so I knew it was going to be great. But I didn't think about the therapeutic side of just mm. having this dialogue and really, really diving in, having these conversations. I mean, we have we were very, very intentional about the topics we wanted to cover um, and we wanted to be helpful. Again, we say we learn the hard way so you don't have to. Yes. So we wanted to be helpful for helpful for the listeners. But having this dialogue between us and really getting each other's perspectives for me has been just life-changing um, in the way that I approach business and how the thoughts resonate with me throughout business. I mean, we've talked about burnout. We've talked about boundaries, money, fitness, and, you know, all those things are so important to me. Yeah. And on the self-care journey, it's easy to have them higher on the priority list at times and lower at other times. But when you're in this constant dialogue like we have been, it's constantly resonating, mm -hmm. which makes it an ever-present thing yeah. that you're working towards. So it's it's just been amazing. Yeah. And that's what I hope that this podcast is for our listeners, too. Mm -hmm. So I hope that when you're tuning in, um, we publish an episode every Monday. I'm hoping that when you tune in, that it also does that for the listeners, too. And I'm hoping that it, you know, has these conversations. You listen to the to our conversation and then that kind of, you know, resonates with you mm -hmm. and you're keeping it top of mind between episodes so yes. that it's not necessarily just, you know, OK, well, I listened to that and now I'm going back into the <laughs> into hustle mode, into grind mode. And no, I'm not you know taking a break to go to the gym and no, I'm not doing all of that, but that you're actually listening to some of the lessons because like we said, like, you know, we've, we've seen what happens when you don't take care of yourself in business. Right. And that was the whole goal behind this podcast was to do something so that other entrepreneurs can learn from our mistakes and then have a healthier life and business. Yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much the whole goal, whole reason why we're here. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. So I think um, with episode eight, I feel like we've saved the best for last. I, I think so. 
I agree. Yeah. I agree. This is a topic that every entrepreneur can deal with at one point or another, or perhaps all the time, depending on what stage you are in business um, and in delegation. So you want to drop the topic? Yeah. So we are talking about what it's like to be a solopreneur. And a solopreneur is somebody who wears all the hats. All of them. <laughs> all the hats. You are the accountant. You're the social media manager. You're the the project logistics coordinator. Mm-hmm. You are the customer service cu- customer service representative. You're the you're your own assistant. Yes, the scheduler. <laughs> the scheduler. You are everything. Um, particularly when you're starting out and you don't have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So you you know cost the most cost effective thing is for you to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's how it works out. So in this episode, we're really just talking about, you know, how do you balance that? And then when do you know when it's time to bring in some help? And what are some of the um, pitfalls that we've fallen into and how you can avoid them? And so when it comes to wearing all the hats, I feel like I've been in a few, in my entrepreneurial journey, I feel like I've been in a few different stages of that. So mm-hmm. definitely coming into business, being the accountant, being the strategist, being the everything, right? And then getting to a place where I could outsource a little bit of stuff or, you know, do some bartering and so mm-hmm. forth. But especially when it came to outsourcing, I found myself at times being in the position of, yeah, but I could save the money if I don't pay for that, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, when it came to, you know, kind of graduating a little bit further down the line, actually bringing people on or, or having the help, then being kind of a micromanager at times, like, well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. This person didn't do it quite like I would, but did it work out? Is it great? You know, okay. Like how to, how do we get to a place as entrepreneurs where we're comfortable saying, First off, I need some help realizing mm-hmm. that within ourselves, going and finding the help or even looking in our own network to the left and to the right of us, and then being comfortable with the work that's being produced from the help as well. Yeah. So have you dealt with that? How do you? I have, definitely. I'm sitting here <laughs> and I'm thinking, um, you know, back in my you know, business, all the times that I've had to reach out for help. And I think that, you know, most entrepreneurs like from day one could use help, (laughs) like could use help. But I will say that I think that there's something, there's some value in wearing all the hats in your business for a little while. Um, Not forever, but, but for a little while, because you get to know your business intimately. You get to know exactly what's required to run it. It may not, if you're handling everything, it may not be the most efficient ship that you've right. ever seen. It may not be that, but you kind of know, okay, you, you know all of the different parts of your business. And then that way it's easier once you bring somebody on board um, to share your knowledge with them and they can take that knowledge, run with it and take what you're doing up a notch. Um, like for example, when, um, and I want to say you're the only one that I've hired to work with me. Um, I will say I did hire my son <laughs> when I was doing the um, subscription boxes. Mm-hmm. And so I hired him. He was my box folder and he was um, a stuffer. Okay. <laughs> and so when it came time to pack the boxes, like he would be the one who folded all of them. So everybody who's listening, if you were a subscriber, my son helped me and he, you know, wants you to know that he, he did his part. Um, but he kept, this is like a whole nother thing, but he kept like raising the prices on me. Like he used to charge me like, 
I think a quarter or a box. And then as like my business grew, I was like, okay, how about <laughs> like right. 10 cents? Like this is, this is a lot. And he's like, mommy, you haven't paid me yet. Like he was a real, yeah, he was a real difficult <laughs> employee, <laughs> a difficult employee. I, but I also wasn't a great boss. So, um, but yeah, so I think that you are, um, one of the only people that I've hired for my business um, on a consistent, you know, monthly mm-hmm. basis. And I will say that when you came on board, um, well, let me back up. I hired you because we met at this conference. I think we talked about this yeah, in a like a couple ago. episodes ago. And we met at a conference and you were just so, I could just tell like, oh, she knows her stuff. <laughs> Like she just, she just knows her stuff and I need that in my business because I was really drowning at that point. And, um, so when I brought you on and you had like all of your stuff and it was just like, you know, smooth is this excellence. And I was like, okay, I'm excited. And I remember telling my husband being like, okay, so there's somebody else who's like thinking about my business. Like this is a first for me, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is a first for me. I wasn't used to having somebody else come to me with ideas because Mm -hmm. I was the only idea generator for years, (laughs) for years. And so you would come to me and say, well, what if you ran a special on this product and then you did this and, you know, followed up with this and we could pull. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Why (laughs) didn't I think of that? And I didn't think of it because I can't think of everything. Right. right? right. And that's the beauty of having other people um, come on your team and be able to, you know, see things that you can't see because you're so, you know, invested um, in your business. And I kind of liken, you know, businesses to babies. Right. So anybody who's listening here to our podcast, who's a mom um, or a parent, you know, your business is kind of like your baby and you and you are kind of, you know, picky about what babysitters you have, (laughs) you know, you're like, okay, are you going to take care of the baby? Like I would take care of the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't, you're probably not going to be my babysitter, right? You're not going to be, um, around my kids if you can't do it as good as or better, um, than I can. And so I really liken, um, those two elements together because it's really hard to, let somebody in and, and work on your baby and make suggestions and, and do things, especially when you're like, okay, this is how they need to be done. Right. Yeah. So that's a really good point because I do, I, I say that sometimes too, you know, as entrepreneurs, we often do look at and treat our businesses like babies. Mm-hmm. We birth this idea, we nurture it, we take care of it, we raise it. And then hopefully, you know, we develop a village that can help us. And so speaking to that village aspect, you know, you're wearing all the hats, you don't want to, or maybe you're in a place where you don't realize you don't have to wear all the hats. What does it look like? Or how do we then go out looking for help or identifying the the help buckets that we need? Because as an entrepreneur, if you are customer service, quality control, the strategist, the list goes on, (laughs) Everything. what gets priority, you know, or how do you identify, I need somebody to do this thing for me. If somebody could do this, then I would be way more efficient over here. And I can keep the ship running until I find somebody to do this other task and so forth. So how do you deal with that? Did you know that you needed a marketer or were you just kind of at a point of drowning and saying anybody? Yeah. Yeah. So how (laughs) does that look? Um, Well, I looked at it as, okay, what is taking up my time, right? Mm -hmm. What is taking up most of my time? And also what am I maybe not that great at, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of people who are great idea people, but then they're not great um, 
you know, they're not great at execution. Yeah. Or there's people who are great at design, but they're not great at like copywriting or, you know, you really have to look to your strengths and you have to look to, you know, also what are those money making activities? Um, You more than likely will be doing those. But these other things Mm -hmm. that, you know, are taking up all of your time, like posting to Instagram, for example, if you have, you know, 200 or, you know, 50 followers on Instagram posting, you know, they are seven times a day isn't necessarily a money making activity. but however, you know, emailing your list, you know, some sale or something that you have going on, that is a money making activity. Right. So thinking about, you know, where you spend your time, think about what brings you money, think about um, what is just really time consuming to you, because maybe you don't know the best way to do yeah. it. Um, so like design for me is something that I'm always like, I need to outsource this because it just takes me way too long to get something that I'm satisfied with mm-hmm. when I know if I had, you know, a designer on on my team. I could just be like, hey, I need a flyer for this product or this course that I'm doing. They could do that. And while they're spending that time, I can be spending my time actually working on that course or working on the product or, you know, doing other things that I need to do that will actually generate business. Agreed. I was at a conference recently and um, Eleanor Beaton, I think, was the speaker. It was the Female Entrepreneur Summit. It was an amazing event. She said something that I just thought was profound and that everybody should hear and adhere to. So she said, as an entrepreneur, if you're the person who is running the business, and of course you have all these other tasks that need to be pl- uh, that need to take place, you should be doing the ten thousand dollar things. Mm. And so, if you're not doing the ten thousand dollar things or greater, you're losing money with mm-hmm. everything you do. Mm-hmm. So, outsource, connect with others, do bartering, do whatever you have to do to get people to do or to work with people who can support and take care of the things that are not making you ten thousand dollars or more, so that you can continue to elevate where you are financially in your business, elevate your network, elevate even the brand that you have in the position that you hold in your business. So for example, if you're the CEO of your company, but you're spending all of your time handing out flyers, Mm -hmm. then you're damaging (laughs) your personal brand Mm. in that position. Yeah. Um, If you're the CEO of the company and you're not going out to interface with clients that could bring you $10,000 opportunities because you're grinding away designing the flyer, then you're losing those opportunities and somebody else is winning them. So I thought that was profound. Definitely. Yeah. Because <laughs> 10000 I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's, that's always profound when you have that type of dollar bill, um, dollar amount attached to it for sure. Yeah. Um, and I really had to, when we talked about this, I had to come up with, and I think every entrepreneur should do this, is I had to come up with my list. I call it my relief squad. Mm-hmm. And so basically what that is, is it's a list of, you know, I think it's like maybe six positions on there right now. Okay. Six positions, people that I need on my team that can help my business thrive and grow mainly by taking things off of my plate so that I can focus, like you said, on those $10,000 activities. So, um, yeah, so that relief squad is something that I really recommend that every entrepreneur have so that they can know, you know, if they get that money, how can they use it to grow their business? So I think this is a good spot to take a break Mm -hmm. and then we'll be right back. 
Awesome. Hey listeners, it's Tara here. If you're looking for a community to help you grow and implement some of the tips we share in this podcast, I'd like to invite you to join us in the self-care suite. It's a multicultural community for women that gives you daily prompts and tips on living with less stress and more joy. There's power in numbers and keeping self-care top of mind is easier with the whole squad behind you. Click the link in the show notes to join us in this free group and get ready to level up. Hey, it's Dashika. If you're looking for a more in-depth conversation on how you can grow your business, tips on increasing your bottom line, and inspiration through the success stories of other Black women in business, Black and Brilliant Entrepreneur Magazine is for you. It's the online mag for Black women looking to take their businesses to new heights. Click the link in the show notes, hit subscribe, and join our community of women just like you. And now we're back. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. So we were talking about um, just what we need to do really um, to alleviate some of that stress of being a one woman shop. Yeah. So when I think about um, when I started my business and even now, you know, definitely I still have way, you know, more buckets that need to be (laughs) filled than actually are filled as far as um, people Mm -hmm. and resources. So I'm thinking about things like, you know, not necessarily having someone to brainstorm with. Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, I'm constantly developing ideas and, you know, wanting to bounce things off of people. Um, Nobody to hand off my problems to (laughs) or, you know, even projects like, okay, well, now your product is in design. (laughs) Now it's in and I, I just got to slide over a little bit further down the same desk, <laughs> yes, and, down the same desk. Yes. you know, and do all the things. And then, you know, that being able to physically hand off work to somebody again, uh, we mentioned in the last episode that the work is never done, it's right? Never done. But nope. when you're able to finish your capacity your in bucket. a project, you know, fill that bucket and then hand it off to somebody else, you feel a sense of relief. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about the relief squad and yes. I know that I don't have one and it sounds like I probably need one. Yes. <laughs> so tell me what that is and how I can develop that. Yeah. So my relief squad is really about me being ready. You know, mm-hmm. the, the saying like, um, you know, you got to stay ready. So you have to get ready. Right. That is my, that's what my relief squad is basically. And so what I had to do was I had to take a look at my business and look at the things I was constantly doing or the things that I was constantly, you know, looking for someone to do for me mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, this maybe needs to be brought in house. And so, for example, I have on my relief squad list um, a creative director mm-hmm. because I need someone to help me with the, you know, design portion of my business with, you know, photography, mm-hmm. um, with videography services and all of that. And so, when you are like, you know, at your own events, and I know a lot of us listening have done this, you're at your own events and you got your own camera <laughs> and you're trying to host and like you're doing all these things. And it's like, you know, you need other people mm-hmm. to come on board and help you so that you can produce with excellence yeah. and not necessarily just, you know, cobbling things together. You're doing the best you can, um, but is that, you know, the best you can do? Right. And so my relief squad, you know, has the creative director on it. It has, um, you know, a manager, you know, an assistant, somebody who can help with those smaller items um, that aren't necessarily that not that they're not important. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but they're just time consuming in a way that I don't need at this point in my business. And so I really, really recommend um, the relief squad. And I might even, you know, 
drop some more stuff about that in the show notes um, just to kind of get people thinking about, you know, who do you need on your team? And not only just writing down their titles, but then also mm-hmm. writing down like their job description. Yeah. Because once you have all of that, and I'm a real big believer in like manifesting things and like the universe conspiring to help you um, in your journey. Once you have all of that, you might walk out the house <laughs> the next day and you might um, you might bump into somebody who can help you with that. Mm-hmm. So like on my relief squad list, I had a business coach and I kid you not, I want to say in August of this year, a woman reached out to me, a business coach. She works with wellness brands, people who do retreats and and business, you know, all these types of things that I do. Mm -hmm. And she reached out to me and she was like, yeah, I want to work with you. And I said, oh, okay, like how much is this going to cost? And she was like, no charge. What? And we've been working together for about five months now. And we've had weekly meetings. She has like really helped my business with its systems and just helping me to get organized and get all of my thoughts and everything together so that 2019 can be just a spectacular year. And if I hadn't, I don't think if I had gotten clarity about needing a business coach and where I was lacking and where I needed that help, I don't know if she would have, you know, reached out to me. Um, So I don't know if that would have happened. So I really, really am encouraging people to get clarity on what you need in your business so that you can see that help when it appears. Yeah, I think you tapped into something really interesting too, because for a lot of entrepreneurs, perhaps if somebody came up to them and said, hey, I'm a business coach, I would love to work with you. The first inclination might be, I can't afford that Mm -hmm. and just kind of shut it off and not even hear what that person has to say when they might just want to bless your business when they might just want to say, no, 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 I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. You don't have to worry about it. Let me help you. And so we have to be open to that. I think personally, or from my business standpoint, I've served as relief squad for many people, Mm -hmm. right? So I think I tend to look at it with an outward focus. So I need, you know, a creative director on my team. Mm-hmm. I need a photographer, videographer, all these things on my team so I can fully serve my clients, mm-hmm. right? And so I've been able to do that. But then when thinking about the buckets that I need filled inside my own business or even how that squad can in turn service the business, yeah. you know, the operating um, pieces or buckets of the business in order to relieve me of certain tasks, that's probably an area where I can stand to, you know, look at your list and how you've kind of put that together or even look how I do it from the outward perspective mm-hmm. and apply that in-house too. Yeah. Because there's some areas where I've leveraged uh, support and things like that, but then there's other areas where I'm like, okay, I've definitely been of the mindset, nope, can't afford that. So <laughs> not going down that, you know, road with somebody right now, or perhaps I'm not ready for certain things because... I have not itemized yeah. the specific what tasks that those positions would would be accountable for. Yeah. And I want to take uh be here and just kind of reiterate the fact that I know a lot of entrepreneurs they say that oh I can't afford that, but really and that may be true. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> minimize that. That might definitely be true. But um another thing is that they're scared 
to ask for help, to bring somebody in on their business because they're like, my business is a mess. Like if people come in and see how I've been running this and I'm not making as much as it seems like I should be making mm-hmm. by this point, um, they they might feel judged or they may feel, yeah. again, going back to vulnerability, I feel like it comes up in every episode that we do. There may be that hesitation as well. I know that was certainly my case. And I know when you came on board, I was constantly apologizing like, Girl, I don't know. <laughs> you ask me how I do things. I don't know. Like, I don't have a system for that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. But um, and I think you really have to get over that because there, I, I can't really think of, you know, a really successful business, you know, that grew by leaps and bounds that was just one person. Yeah. Right. Um, so you think about, just think about like Facebook, for example, you know, he's starting it in his um, dorm room with, you know, couple other people Mm -hmm. and now facebook has how many employees yes you know what i mean like you have to eventually level up Mm -hmm. shout out to the next issue of bay magazine you have to level up at some point um and part of that is letting go of that full total control yeah and being comfortable being uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. and also this it may not sound like it makes sense but being comfortable in the mess too so for example i was I'm always in a meeting. I was in a meeting (laughs) with someone the other day and she is an asset manager. Mm -hmm. And so she works with people and helps them get their financial lives together um, and telling them where and how to invest and, you know, all this stuff. And so going into this meeting, I thought it was like way over my head and I'm definitely not ready, you know, all of this stuff. And in some ways it was a little bit over my head, but I gained understanding. Beside the point, the point is that she was talking about how certain people, some people are winning in business. They know that their businesses are a mess. They know that their assets are a mess. They know that their books are a mess, but they come into her office and say, yes, it's a mess. Yes. This is why I'm here. Help me. And they're asking for millions of dollars. They're asking, you know, saying, yes, I want to invest, but I don't want to use my own money. So I need a loan Mm. so that I can do this. And so... I feel like being comfortable in knowing that it is not being comfortable in staying in an uncomfortable state or staying in what is a mess, but saying, yes, things are a little bit messy. Let me go and find help that can help clean this up for me, that will not judge me for my business being out of order or for my finances being out of order, but that will come and bring clarity, that will bring support, that will educate me in certain areas, and that will show me the value of having somebody else manage this for me. Because a lot of things, to be quite honest, when I manage them, they just are a mess (laughs) because everything is not my expertise. Yeah. They that reminds me of a uh, quote um, that Kristen, I want to say her name is Kristen Neff. Uh, She's like this really big self-compassion expert. And she always says, you can't fix what you don't face. Yes. And if you don't face (laughs) that, you know, your business is stagnant in this area or, you know, your books are a mess or whatever, if you don't face that, then how can you fix it? How can you have that clarity to say, okay, I need a business coach. Okay. I need an accountant or I need a tax professional or whatever. Um, so you have to be able to face it first before you can fix it for sure. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about, you know, a lot of, you know, wearing all the hats and what that's like and the pressure of it. Um, so I wanted to end this episode talking about the, you know, what's the relief look like, right? You've done your reliefs, you know, squad um, assignment, everything you have it written down. So where do you go to find people to kind of come on board with your business? Um, and so I wanted to start 
you had mentioned this earlier with bartering and I have found because, you know, again, that's kind of like the number one reason that entrepreneurs don't reach out for help or get somebody on their teams because they say they can't afford it. And so I really believe that bartering is something that we should be doing more of. Um, I really firmly believe that if you have, you know, friends or people in your group, it doesn't necessarily have to be friends, but if you have people in your network who have, you know, um, services and and skills that are comparable Mm -hmm. in time and price to something that you need or something that you can offer, um, bartering is a great way to get things that you need for your business without having to come out your pockets with any money. Um, so for example, a friend of mine, um, I edited a book for her. Um, it wasn't, wasn't too long. And then she did some copywriting from my website. And so, you know, we each got it done in roughly the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was roughly the same price point. So instead of her, you know, giving me say $500 and I'm giving her $500, we just, you know, you just call it even yeah. and, um, work on it that way. So I think bartering is something that is underutilized. Like people, don't barter like they should, <laughs> like finding ways to do that. And I think I'm open to it. I don't know if everybody else is, um, but it's definitely a way for both of you. Again, it has to be kind of equal. Like you can't right. be trying to barter like, okay, girl, I'm going to, you know, do this for you. And this is going to take me five minutes, you know, like it yeah. has to kind of be an even trade. Um, but if you're able to do that, then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I say, um, if you haven't done that before, because I've definitely instituted that in my business as well. And if you haven't, just keep an open mind and mm-hmm. explore it because it can be very, very helpful. I will say another thing that's helped me is um, I'm in um, several accountability groups and um, networking groups and so forth. And so I approach those with a kind of an unapologetic ask. Mm -hmm. So when I go into these settings where we'll have like a monthly meeting or something like that, I have a list of people who I need to be connected to, you know, and why I need that connection. So I'll come into a a setting or forum or whatever. And, you know, when somebody says, so how can I help you? I'm so glad you asked (laughs) because I was on your social and it looks like you have a really great connection with such and such. And I've been trying to reach out to that person Mm -hmm. because I know what I need from that, you know? And so could you provide a connection And then from there, you know, this reputable person has referred me. Mm -hmm. I got the connection. I got a foot in the door. And then now we're able to work out whatever it is that we need to do together. Um, So that is very, very helpful in finding the expertise that you might need or the support that you might need. Or even um, finding... Just finding somebody who knows somebody who can help you get to where you're trying to go. Sometimes it's not always a dollar value attached to the thing that you need Mm -hmm. or the relief of the hat. So I found that to be very, very helpful for me in my business as well. Yeah. Um, Another thing that um, I feel like is getting a lot of publicity lately is having an intern um, for your business. I had an intern a couple. Oh, goodness. I think it's been a couple years and I think it was 2016 um, when I had an intern and um, that was an amazing experience. Um, At that point, I wasn't able to um, pay her, but she was, you know, in school getting Mm -hmm. credit for the internship and all of that. Um, And I just, I really lucked out. Like she was the best intern ever. I mean, Mm -hmm. she, we, I arrived at one meeting one day and I was just like really stressed because I had like family things going on and my father-in-law wasn't, um, his health wasn't good. And she said, you know what? 
our next meeting should be at the spa. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and so we met at the spa and we got, you know, everything and, she, and we went to go pay. And she was like, no, 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 I treat. And I was like, but you're my intern. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but I, I thought, okay. And like, I had the best intern ever. And I always tell that story and people are like, is she still? Yeah, I'm like, is she still an intern? Can you find her? Um, <laughs> yeah, she was amazing. And so I had a really great experience with mine. Um, and I, it was just really a matter of going to, I, I went to um, Kent State. And so I just went to their, uh, one of my old professors and just kind of told her what was going on with my business. And she was like, oh yeah, I have an intern who would be perfect for you. And, um, you know, I signed some papers and yeah. she showed up. <laughs> And then at the end of the semester, she was like, you need anything else? And I was like, I'm just going to miss you so much. Like, I just was really that that really gave my business a boost at a time that I really needed it. So being able to, you know, look to your local you know, colleges and universities or whatever and see what the requirements are for their uh, internship programs, for sure. Definitely. I had an intern as well a couple years ago um, who was also a Kent State grad. Yeah. So some of our Kent State students. Um, but shout out to Tyra. She was amazing. She came in and she gave an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. She just kind of came in and rolled up her sleeves and immediately just Got went to work. To work. Yeah. yeah. And just was really, really a nice add to my business, which I later hired her as an employee. So she, she became my first employee as well. And just everything that she added um, was just amazing. The work was impeccable. So I agree with you, you know, reaching out to local universities, seeing what internship opportunities they have. I even look for that um, in events and things like that when I'm attending. A lot of times I'll be speaking at universities and things like that. And that's one of the yeah. first things that people will ask, are you taking interns? You know, mm. and so I definitely take those opportunities serious because yeah. they add tremendous value. And with internships, the interesting thing is you should be learning as much from them as they are from you mm -hmm. because they're fresh with all this information. It's so just fresh. such rich, rich knowledge <laughs> Why not take advantage of that? So Yeah. And you had mentioned um, before we started recording and when we did our kind of like pre-show stuff, um, you had mentioned, you know, co-working spaces as being like ripe for collaboration and things yes. like that. Talk about that. So, yeah. So when I have the opportunity, I try to drop into co-working spaces and work there for the day. Never know who you're going to run into, what kind of projects people are going to be working on and so forth. And I'm one of those people who's always interested. And so I find that to be a really great place to find collaboration opportunities, bartering opportunities, people to connect you with others. It has been tremendous. So if you have co-working spaces in your area, I would definitely recommend that you utilize those because the um, relief opportunities are endless. Yeah, for sure. Fiverr and sites like Fiverr, sites like Upwork, they can be you know a really good resource for people who are looking to bring on help. And you can get anything done on these sites yes. nowadays. Logos, um, photo editing, you know, graphic design, audio projects and video projects, everything. Um, and it is kind of hit or miss sometimes with yeah. some of those sites, because if somebody's offering to do you a logo for $5, you're kind of like, hmm, okay, what's going on there? <laughs> but I always ask for recommendations for people. So if they had a really good experience with, you know, a designer and maybe, you know, it's not $5, maybe it's $50 or whatever that their price point is um, getting recommendations like you've been able to see their work before mm -hmm. you've given them, you know, the money um, because there's a lot of people, you know, on those sites 
who, you know, do things, they're on Fiverr kind of to get noticed and get recognized, but that word of mouth almost has like a second whole business for them. Yeah. And so I really like to, um, you know, get those recommendations, whether it's on, you know, Fiverr or, um, Upwork or any of those other sites. And then also kind of posting in some of these entrepreneur groups that I'm in on Facebook, like, um, brand build launch. That's, I think I mentioned it in another episode, that's like 20,000 women, um, and men, uh, who are working on their businesses. And there's just a ton of talent in there. Um, people who know like, okay, you're in this group with me, you're trying to make it happen. They may give you a discount, they may not, but it's all about like supporting each other. And so those are, you know, my resources and my tips for people who are looking to bring in some more help on their business, but aren't necessarily in that space to have a full-time person on staff. Yeah. Yeah, because having that dedicated staff person is a huge commitment that everybody's not ready for. But some other resources that I had tapped into very early in my um, business were Small Business Development Center. Mm-hmm. You so, told me about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure where all they're located, but I'm pretty sure they're located throughout the United States at least. Um, and you can look them up. I think smallbusinesssbdc.org. We'll drop some notes in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But they did market research for me. Um, they helped with all kinds of things like honing down my business plan and, and all of that kind of stuff. In addition to that, tapping back into local universities and colleges Kent State University was very helpful to me. University of Akron were very, was very helpful to me as well. Um, their legal programs often will have um, opportunities for local businesses to subscribe almost, you know, for as a retainer, and they'll take care of your legal needs. And mm. so you'll get a professional lawyer and um, students who are studying law working on your business so helping you with all the legalities and things like that so seat legal is amazing at the university of akron in addition to that uh, kent state university their managerial marketing program had um this i I think it was their capstone project where they were looking for businesses to help you know help with the market segmentation yeah and so at this time i had like 12 students that's awesome working on my business doing everything complete market segmentation identifying the audience creating new brand products and so forth and it was all at no charge to me in fact the university gave the students scholarships for doing stellar work as part of the program and so not sure that specific program is still available but programs like that are happening everywhere Mm -hmm. all the time so i definitely recommend um entrepreneurs looking into opportunities like that as well, because those opportunities are, they're just priceless. Yeah. 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 And so I think, you know, this is a great place to wrap up. I'm kind of hesitant. Like I was like, like, let's just keep talking. Let's just keep talking because I have really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and the other episodes that we've done so far um, of Make Life Rich. I cannot believe this is our last episode of season one. But you know, I've had a great time. Me too. I've had a a great, great time. It's been amazing. Um, The comments have been just tremendous. So just encouraging, you know, every episode, the comments just kept coming and coming and coming. And so it's just letting us know that the stories that we're telling are stories that need to be heard. Mm -hmm. Our experiences, we're not alone in those experiences. Exactly. Hopefully we're helping so many other entrepreneurs um, handle their business, incorporate self-care, and learn, you know, how you can do both, take care of yourself 
and run and develop a thriving business. Exactly. And so we love all the feedback, all the comments that you all have been leaving so far. We'd also love if you could go on Apple Podcasts and review us, right? Yes. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, right? Um, and go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You know, let us know what you think in an official capacity. Yes. Um, you can also, as always, use the Make Life Rich hashtag on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or wherever you like to hang out. Um, and let us know which episode of season one really spoke to you. And um, so season two, we can yeah we can make some plans for that. Yeah. So we will catch you guys in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely will. So go back if you missed any episodes of season one. I know we've had a lot of great conversations. I think my favorite episode... Oh, goodness. I think the imposter syndrome might be my favorite episode that we've done. So I highly recommend you go back and check that one out if you missed it. What you think is your, yeah. your favorite? Mine's was boundaries. Mm. I love talking about boundaries and just because I know how important they are. And so if you're still struggling setting boundaries in your business, even in your personal life, please check that one out. You will not be disappointed. Definitely. All right. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to wrap it up. All right. Well, until next season, not next episode, but next season. next season. Yeah. Make life rich. Make it rich. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Make Life Rich podcast, recorded live at Really Goody Studios in the old number three firehouse. Follow online and on Instagram for behind the scenes content. Until next time, make life rich.